Hi there, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the Starseed Network podcast. My name is Saula Ilona Vaida, and I'm your personal host and spirit guide, talking all about this journey of our spiritual human experience, our ascension process on Earth, and getting to interview and talk to so many incredible starseeds and light workers all around the world. So today, I'm so excited to dive into sharing this interview with you guys I did with Jandre Gerber who is a certified breathwork practitioner and posts so many incredible breathwork meditations on YouTube under his channel name Jandre Gerber which I personally have been following for over a year now doing these different meditations that have helped me so much so I'm so excited to share this interview with you guys. It's so inspirational and so honest talking about the power of the breath and I really recommend diving more into learning about that and trying out his meditations. As a matter of fact, he was so kind as to give us a five minute breathwork meditation at the end of the interview so you guys can all stay tuned and stick it out for this deep five minute breathwork session just to give you a little taste and calm your nervous system. He was also so kind to offer as a launch for his new website, www.pulmonautica.com, an exclusive special deal on bundled breathwork meditations. That is a deal that is only lasting for the next seven days. So I really recommend checking it out. If you feel a resonance with breathwork, this is an incredible bundle of over 30 days of deep breathwork meditations, exercises, knowledge, and so much more value. And that you can check that out through the link in the link tree and also the link below to sign up for the next seven days only. I also wanted to offer that I'm offering free 30 to 40 minute intro calls for those of you interested in diving into quantum healing or spiritual guidance. You can talk a little bit about the process, guide you through a little meditation. And I'm also offering in that a quick little intuitive channeled reading just for fun so you can get a feel for the process and see how we vibe together if you'd like to work together on an ongoing basis. I also continue to offer Reiki healing at a distance and in person and present moment channeled tarot readings, which are all incredible ways to connect with your soul, heal your energetic system, and align with your highest path and highest timeline. I'm also very excited to be um, completing and sharing this little ebook slash online course that's going to be self-guided but also have seven specific lessons and live classes over zoom that are going to be taking place starting may 22nd for seven weeks and the ebook is going to be coming out on may 10th and it's going to be super affordable just 777 and it includes seven deep guided meditations for transforming meeting your inner child connecting with your spirit guides and gaining this access to your subconscious mind and your rich inner world so if you've been looking for something to kind of get an overview of this process and getting a more structured, detailed dive into shadow work and exploring your inner world. If you've been feeling like there's something in there that's begging for your attention and you want to go in and see what that is, this is a great way to get a little introduction into that and dive into the process for yourself. So I'm so excited to share that with you guys. It's coming out on May 10th. 
I will be hosting a little guided meditation workshop leading up to that over TikTok at Saule the Starseed. So make sure to go follow me on there to see when I'm going live. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and share with anyone who you think would benefit from listening to this episode. And now we're going to dive in with this fabulous interview. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to speak with you and have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You're so welcome. And yeah, I would love to hear about your journey with Breathwork and congrats on your website launching today. That's super exciting. It's been a journey. Um, I mean, where did I start? Let me, let me start off from the beginning. I'm Jandre, uh, Jandre Gerber. I'm originally from South Africa, um, mm. but I'm currently living in Mexico and I've been oh. living here for about uh, 24 years, I think. That's where I'm at right now. Oh, wow. Um, me too, actually. <laughs> oh, you're in Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Which, which part of Mexico? Yeah. I'm in Oaxaca. Oh, wow. I love Oaxaca. Oaxaca is one, nice. one of my all-time favorite places in Mexico. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm currently in Monterey. I was living in Mexico City. Um, oh, nice. And then I went to Sayulita for a while. Uh, mm. And now I'm in Monterey just for a stint. And then after that, I'm pretty sure that in about six, seven months, I should be in Playa del Carmen. Oh, so, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I've got some family there. My wife, uh, they've got family there. So we're just, you know, we want to get to the, to, to the people that's, that's close to us, you know? So, um, nice. yeah. So basically I came here in 97. Um, I was a kid. I was like 13 years old, more or less. And, um, then went through the high school, did all that stuff. But I've always been interested in meditation since about 15, 16. Uh, NLP, I started doing NLP, um, reading books and, you know, practicing those type of things since I was about 14. Um, and then uh, when I was roughly 21-ish or so, I, um, I was working, uh, I, was, I was really getting into meditation, like hardcore. I was doing maybe between, like daily, between two to three hours of meditation. And then, um, and I did this for about a good six to eight months period, just really hardcore into to the meditation aspect until one day I decided to, um, push myself. I said, okay, you know what? Uh, let's do what those monks do in the mountains. Let's go, uh, hard. Let's, let's see what happens if I meditate for, uh, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, you know, let's just go one night and, and, and push. I either pass out or I break through. Mm-hmm. That was that was my my mindset, uh, and so I sat there, and I started meditating. And the first few hours was just normal, you know, decluttering the brain, getting out uh, all of the external ideas, and just coming to the stillness. And uh, I don't know how much time went by uh, because I lost the notion of time. And mm-hmm. then, at one point, I started feeling this hand. Uh, enter into my the top of my head and like through the crown chakra climbing down all the way into the throat and the chest and it got all the way to the to the pit of my stomach and when I felt that hand grab my the pit of my stomach like I don't know if my actual eyes opened or my spiritual eyes opened or you know I'm I'm not sure what uh, whether I was even here or if I was projected somewhere else um 
but it was scary. It was really scary. I started seeing this uh, sort of red lightning uh, energy things, and uh, I freaked out. Like I immediately knew that if I were to keep on going at this point, that I would be forever tainted. I would never, not not in a bad way, but like I would change, uh, and I would not be the same person I am um, before walking through this door. Wow. And so uh, I got freaked out and I stopped meditating for close to a decade. I was just like, you know mm. what? Let's just leave that to the side. Let's not do anything uh, too extreme. And uh, I started focusing more on my music. Uh, I went to go, you know, I, I've been doing music since I was about eight. Um, mm. And uh, I got into marketing. I, I met my wife at uh, one point. I went to go travel um, on the west coast of Mexico, went into to Cali, to California, um, there mm-hmm. by Palm Springs and by Santa Monica and San Diego. It was all those those uh, spots. Uh, and 10 years went by, uh, and I wasn't really spiritual at that moment. Like, during those 10 years, I was most mainly focused on, you know, making money and just, you know, the, the regular grind, what we're being sold mm-hmm. um, that we should do, you know, be productive, mm-hmm. do these things, go for it. And so... 10 years goes by, maybe a little bit more. Um, and then I go to this, my wife on a few years back invites me to this uh, family constellation. And uh, I don't know if you know what a family constellation is. No, what is that? All right, so so a, fam- a family constellation is sort of a technique. It's an energy technique that um, people do where uh, you sort of substitute families you build up a constellation of your family and people get sort of into this energetic synchrony between everybody and then what they do uh one by one you go through uh like one person steps into the center of the group and then the facilitator would sort of utilize other people in the group as representations of your family and uh and then you get to either speak to living relatives, dead relatives, and you get to make amends with uh, uh, things that's inside of your family constellation. It's it's a really difficult yeah. thing to explain per se, but mm-hmm. uh, the whole process took about eight, nine hours to, to get mm-hmm. through that because we were about 16 people. And wow. uh, what, what happens is that it's like I, I felt like I was uh, at the end of that. I felt like I went to a rave for four days and uh, I was just so depleted. I was so like, uh, you know, just didn't have any any juice left. And it's the same with my wife. But the day after that um, constellation, things just really changed. Like they just went from... Um, the way things were to new dynamic is forced upon you and you've got to start, uh, you know, behaving like the tarot, mm-hmm. uh, the, the tower card of the tarot. Basically, it's like, hello. Yeah. And, um, and so from there on out, we went through kind of a rough patch, not me and her in a relationship, but mostly. Um, and it, there was obviously some strain, in, but it, it was extreme um, sort of an assault on our family from external things that were happening there and so we were forced to move we had to do a lot of traveling and so forth um and uh, that's when i went to to the west coast of mexico and i lived there in the the jungle for about six months during those six months the um 
place that we lived at was incredibly violent, not in the sense of like uh, violence towards people, but nature was violent against us. Like it's almost mm. like the town didn't want us to be there. We were not in the right place, not in the right time. And so um, my wife got, we, we had a tick infestation, like a, an invasion of ticks, which is probably one of the most horrific things that you can go through. Um, oh, where literally thousands of ticks are crawling down the uh, walls and at nighttime and you're sleeping there and it's just, it was, it was horrible. Wow. Uh, I still, I still sometimes have nightmares and I see ticks in my mind's eye, just like, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. Point is that place sort of broke me financially. It broke me emotionally. Uh, mm. and it broke all of the concepts that I thought I was working to over the past 10 years until, uh, we got so low that we had to come back to where I am right now. My mom lived in this area. My brother also used to live in this area. And so they came for us and they're like, hey, man, why don't you just chill with us, recover, get yourself back on your feet, and then, you know, you can keep on moving. And so when I came back here to Monterey, um, where I was originally, like I, I, when I came first to Mexico, I came to Monterey. When my dad was here, like my dad was alive, he died in Monterey too. And by that, it just set off a, a uh, snowball of different things that happened um, across from there on out. Um, but anyway, full circle, I'm back in Monterey, I'm broke. Um, my wife, she's like emotionally broken too. We're all just really broken people at this point. Uh, living in my mom's house, which was not fun. You know, you don't, I mean, it's, I was appreciative. I was like, thank you. You know, I've got a roof over my head, but it's like, I, I lived alone uh, for 15 years and everything was going good. And now suddenly I'm back here. So it felt like I backslid, um, a significant amount. Although, uh, that's when I also started retouching back to meditation. And it's about four years ago that I like stumbled really on breath work. Now, before that I did dabble in it, but I didn't take it too seriously. And, uh, and so when I started, I remember the first thing that I did was just did a short breathing, um, meditation for 10 minutes where I just focused in on my breath, breathe deeply. Um, and every type of every thought that came into my head, I would just exhale it through the breath. And so, uh, that's where it started. And uh, I started feeling better. I could feel that my uh, autonomic nervous system was shifting from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic. I could feel the, uh, the levels of anxiety and tension. And, and this was sort of at the same time that I also got together with yoga. And between the yoga and the breath work, I just removed um, a whole lot of tension from my life. Uh, I stopped needing to smoke cigarettes, which I was smoking for 10, 15 years. Uh, I was just like, okay, you know what? I don't need this anymore. This doesn't uh, bring down my anxiety or anything. And then from there, I just really started digging down on, onto the breath. Started with Wim Hof. And uh, then I realized there was this style called holotropic or transpersonal breath work. And then I just... Oh, when I opened up that door, I realized, wow, okay, you know what? The breath is far more um, important than what we realize. And uh, from there on out, I don't think there was anything else I could do. I was, I was hooked. Uh, and I also felt that it was kind of like a calling. I kind of mm -hmm. felt that uh, it's weird that I'm back in Monterey. 
and I'm reconnecting with all of these things that I, that I left here so many years ago. And I realized that it was sort of a cycle, you know, like the universe took me, they gave me an opportunity to walk through a door. I said, no, I closed the door. And then I went into a giant orbit, uh, doing a whole bunch of other stuff, which was fine. It helped me grow all of that. I'm not, I'm not like, Oh, woe is me. You know, I don't, I don't complain about the actions or the lack of actions I did in the past, but I do recognize that it sent me on a giant orbit around my own solar system. And when I came back here to the point, I grew, I grew as a person, I became more wise, um, to my own things. And then, uh, now that I'm here with the breath, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to walk through this door. Now I'm ready to let go of all of those past things and let's move to the next phase of, of, of existence. And, uh, yeah, since then I've started, um, doing just breath work by myself. And it wasn't until the first lockdowns of the pandemic that I started doing it for other people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because my mom at that point, she had to go, my grandfather died right before the lockdowns happened. And uh, so she had to go for the funeral and do all of these things. When she got there, they locked the world down and she couldn't come back to her house anymore. Mm -hmm. And so she stayed there. She's still there. She hasn't ever come back. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I pretty much inherited all of her furniture and all of that stuff. That's like my problem now. Um, and I'm not a person that likes to hold a lot of baggage. So there's just a whole lot of stuff I'm currently like purging that's, that's not really mine. Um, mm. But in the pandemic, the idea was, okay, how can we remain connected even though we're so far apart? You know, mm. it's good and all to be on, on Zoom or on Skype or whatever medium you use to see and speak to each other. But there's a very big difference than talking to somebody on the phone and being, you know, in the same room as somebody. Mm -hmm. And so the idea was, how can we connect the distance by doing a, an action that we can all do at the same place? And then we can connect not just via the phone call or via the shared moment digitally, but we can tune in uh, corporeally. We can use our body and our lungs to sort of like just synchronized to the same frequency and experience that frequency at the same time. And then mm -hmm. since then, the first iteration of the breath work was called the together breath. And so we just got together and breathed, uh, which I started on Facebook and, you know, went on from there and started loading it onto the YouTube channel. And then suddenly people were like, I like this, you know, because of my past, I do a lot of content work and I did a lot of, um, you know, videos and stuff like that. So it's, it's a natural talent of mine. Um, and I just decided to mix it with the breath work and to see if, okay, well, you know, let, let me create instances where people can reduce their stress, reduce their clutter, get out of their mind a little bit. And if you are in a distance, connect with somebody and, uh, experience a moment together, not just mentally, but also physically and spiritually. And so that's the general gist of how I got into the breath work. Uh, and now I'm just, uh, I think I'm fully committed to this. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bounce from this anytime soon. I think this is where I'm supposed to be now. And, uh, ever since then, I've just been expanding on my knowledge, working on different techniques, seeing how I can merge it with other interests of mine, like magic and, um, uh, personal development and hypnosis, uh, 
and all these different techniques and how, how can I bring it together to create not so much. I don't, there's so many different breathwork systems out there that my idea is not to create a new system because uh, I think everybody's got their own flavor. For me, it's more about how do I consolidate all of these different breath works into one sort of banner that the practitioner can use at their will, that the practitioner can say, oh, you know what, I want to use it for physical health. Well, here's a whole set of breath work stuff that you can do to do that. Or I would like to do some spiritual exploration. Here's some stuff that you can do or, you know, uh, vitality, energy, whatever you want. The breath can help with all of that. And so the idea that I eventually grew into was to sort of be the, um, uh, I don't know if you watched Doctor Who. Well, there's, there's this thing in Doctor Who that's called the sonic screwdriver. And it's like this one tool that does everything. And I sort of see that breathwork is the sonic screwdriver of personal uh, development and self-discovery. It's the, the way it, it's so like malleable that it, it just, it, you can do it for whatever you want. You can just use it whenever you need it. And uh, for me, that's a really beautiful thing because there's very few things on this planet that has such a high level of versatility, such as the breath and the breath work. And we take it for granted because it's an automatic process. But it's not necessarily an automatic process. It's also a manual process. You can increase or decrease the volume of your breath. And that has a direct impact into your moods uh, and into your health. Because, you know, as we know, if you stop breathing for, you know, 10 minutes, you die. Uh, so, so the biggest source of all of our energy, of all of that, is the breath. And most people are just allowing the, their internal automation, like the body just doing what it needs to do to survive. They just let the breath go with that and they don't consciously pay attention to it, which is fine. I mean, like I said, there's not one way you get to do things and it's not like if you don't do breath work, you're screwed for life. It's more like you're taking something that you already have and you're training yourself to become better at managing your emotions and at becoming aware of those subtle energies inside of your body uh, and the little mood shifts. And if somebody said something and it affected your heart in one way, it, it, the, the breath translate that and it, it changes in accordance to what happens on the inside. And so when you learn that you can switch that, you sort of take manual control even over your emotions. Um, and uh, it's not always easy, but it is part of the process it's there, there's no end the gold with breath work it's just the process you you incorporate that so um yeah yeah absolutely and it's so fascinating because um I think around like a year and a half ago I first discovered your video like the grateful breath the holotropic one. Oh yeah and yeah I started doing it and I just started feeling like all these tingles, all this energy just moving over my whole body. And now it's like such an effective tool. If I ever feel like a trapped emotion, I do that breath work. And within like a few minutes, I'll either like start crying or releasing or laughing. And just, it's such a beautiful, it's so powerful. It's so potent. And like, 
And also your somatic one is so good. Like I use that one before bed sometimes, just like awesome. calm my nervous system. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And even just practicing it for like a year or so, like I start to feel feel that difference. And yeah, I I always try to share that with people because it's like <laughs> look like you don't even realize like yeah. this is magical it's, it's weird it's such a weird thing that it's so unrecognized uh and within like the mental health and within i mean there is mm. some mental health practitioners that do um, use this there's a lot of holistic healers but you don't really see a psychiatrist um say hey you know what why don't you do five minutes of breathing every day or coherent mm -hmm. breathing or why don't you do 10 minutes of um you know slow breathing like uh, ujjayi breath or why don't you do this um other technique you know whatever the box mm -hmm. breathing for example box breathing is a perfect technique for um uh you know if you're having a panic attack or something box breathing mm -hmm. is something for example that uh, the navy seals use to keep their emotions in check when they're in high pressure situations so mm. um for me it's like okay if somebody comes to me with a, a chronic anxiety or stress before me giving them a pill or anything i would say hey why don't we try the most basic least invasive method first and then if that mm -hmm. doesn't work then maybe we scale up the the processes but these days, the way I see it, it's like it's it's in reverse. You know, they're like you come up there and you're like, I feel a little bad. And they're like, here, take drugs. And you're like, oh, you know what? I don't really want to. But uh, mm -hmm. they're like, you'll take it. I'm a doctor. Trust me. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're hooked on benzodiazepine and you, you know, you're stuck on that and you have to deal with the addiction. And then the addiction creates more anxiety and it's just a loop. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like weird as well that it's not more popular you know i mm -hmm. i know that it is growing in popularity due to people like wim hoff and uh andrew huberman and these people that are really looking into, into the science and these things but i actually don't i mean the science is important don't get me wrong i think it's important and i think some people need to understand the science but i also think that just experientially if you don't even understand the science like you said, you do that uh, the grateful breath and you start crying. So you don't need to know what happened. You just need mm -hmm. to know that it works. And uh, yeah, yeah. so that's where I, I think uh, and I'm grateful for a podcast like this where we can talk about this and sort of just expand it a little bit more and bring it into the mass consciousness, especially in times like today where uncertainty is everywhere. Right? You don't you don't know what what's going to happen next, and you don't know what's happening. And I I personally don't like the global political narrative at all. Like I I, I get I get easily hooked into it because I guess my mind is like that, but I don't like it. It's uh, for me politics is like smoking cigarettes. It's like you do it, you think it feels good when you're doing it, but really you feel like crap right afterwards. And uh, and so I think that today. That is just so prevalent in our lives that, and with social media, that anxiety is so high that I was like, dude, we got to start breathing. We got to start disconnecting from these phones and from these virtual realities that we're, we're creating. And just really what happens if you spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your day focusing inwards? Um, and there's actually a, a mind popper that I... I read, I made a small 10, 10 video series called the mind poppers. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with that at, at one minute, I might uh, enhance it to five minutes or 10 minutes because it's really difficult to put a lot of information in 60 seconds. Um, 
but in those 10 minute mind poppers, one of them is about um, intentional breathing. And it's about how, when you assign meaning to your breath, you can change your internal alchemy. You can start changing. Um, for instance, you can just do something like a small visualization, right? Where you inhale light and love and you exhale darkness and anxiety and those type of things. And it's really simple. You don't need a guided track or anything. You just follow your breath. Um, but doing those type of things brings you into a shift and it changes the internal because the most important resource that we have as a human, as, as human beings, more important than time, more important than all of these things is our awareness. Our awareness ascribes meaning to the moments. And so when we're constantly shifting our awareness externally to these external events, we're giving it power, we're giving it life. And, um, which is why, you know, Facebook and those guys, they, they spend up to $800 billion a year to capture your attention. And um, the secret there is if you start just shifting and, and focusing that attention into yourself, all of that life energy, all of that, um, you know, the creation energy that, that your awareness brings with it flows back into the self. And so if you want to edify, if you want to go out, the first step, like edify yourself, I mean, or like break through, the first step is to, to just shift that awareness back into the self. And the best way to do that is to just breathe. A lot of people have problems with meditation. Um, their minds wander because, uh, you know, you're in a fight or flight state. So your mind isn't really your ally during meditation. But with breath work, it's undeniable to not stay focused. Like if you're doing the grateful breath, you're not like, oh, I wonder what, you know, the Jimmy's doing later today. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about following the breath. Keep it up. Keep it up. And what that does is A, it focuses the attention back into the self, and B, it starts purging all of these external narratives, um, allowing you to create space and then allowing you to bring in new things into your life. And that's where, I, that's where my NLP and the, the personal development aspect starts joining the uh, breathwork and, and what I do with Paul Monodica. So, um, yeah, man, it's like, you're right. Breath is magic. And uh, I just hope more people can, like, become aware of that. And like I said, you don't have to follow my particular uh, methods or anybody else's. Just find whatever works for you and do it. You know, even if it's even if that means that you're doing it by yourself and just focusing on the breath, that's where you start. And once you get hooked on it, uh, and you can realize that you can start putting this into your arsenal of personal wellness, then life becomes a little bit easier. Life's like it's like uh, I'm stressed. Okay, well, I could either sit in this stress or I could just take five ten minutes and then create that space, and then once again operate from a place of um, abundance, a place of wellness and without the restrictions of whatever external narrative is trying to steal your attention away from you. Yes, that's so true. And just having that like tool as one of like those toolkits, you know, like when you're in that situation and being able to know like, okay, I, I can do this breath work right now and it will bring me back and it'll bring my nervous system back down and 
and it gets automatic and it's like that prana itself is just nourishing your cells from a level it's like we take in so 100%. much yeah we, we take in so much like dead things like dead foods or dead energies and then you know it can oh, yeah. weigh us down and then bringing in that prana again just revitalizing everything it's, it's beautiful yeah it is in fact there's um a story that one of the people I, I, the people that breathe with me we, we call each other the pulmonauts because pulmonautica mm. which is the current iteration of the the breath work that i do literally it's like mm. it's a play on a psychonaut the word of a psychonaut it's a person who uh, you know mm. searches their own consciousness via different methods whether it be breath work or um, you know psychedelic plants mushrooms whatever pulmonautica mm. uh doesn't exclude plant medicine i do think that there's a definite place in personal development for plant medicine like um uh, mushrooms for example you do a mushroom trip you can have some significant internal rearrangements mm. uh, because you're connecting with nature in a very different way but um the pulmonautica mm. is more about that same level of consciousness exploration different states of awareness but using the breath as your main vehicle of um, consciousness mm -hmm. transformation and so i think that um, ultimately when you're seeking you want to have a tool like that with you because uh you what's the longest that you've ever done the grateful breath just the, the that one or have you ever done a holotropic session that's longer um, I haven't really done any, any longer than like the 20 minutes. And like, sometimes I, I don't even get through the 20 minutes and it'll lead me to like, I've just had very, very profound like moments, even just doing like the mm -hmm. 20 minutes of the breath. And then afterwards I go into like a deeper meditation and just kind of yeah. get lost somewhere. But yeah, like 20, 30 minutes usually. All right. So if you were to push that to an hour or an hour and mm -hmm. a half, uh, you could, travel back to the womb you could even shoot back um into past lives you can become mm. a cloud you know doesn't matter your consciousness at one point when you do this prolonged breathing and which is where the holotropic uh, people really excel at because they they focus on inducing those stages and they breathe like the grateful breath for like three hours that's their mm. their thing and when you hit those thresholds it gets weird <laughs> it gets really <laughs> yeah. weird um but it's also very profound it's like uh, i've had some people um you know they completely just broke out of something that's like i don't know what happened but i feel so much lighter and other people uh, usually when you do these longer sessions you want to do it not solo like I, I recommend up to an hour you can do solo, but when you start doing it beyond that, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, you want to be with people because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of your traumas might manifest during that period. And there mm -hmm. has been cases of people that, for example, re-experiences their trauma of um, birth, like they had the umbilical cord wrapped around their neck, for example. Wow. Now, as a conscious person, and as an adult, you might not even know that that that's happening. Like, mm -hmm. but then you're unconscious because we live in a layered reality. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by layered reality is that um, when we experience reality, it happens sort of like the frames of a video. 
It's just one stacked on top of the other, stacked on top of the other. And we perceive it as emotion because we are living in this third dimension and we're moving through this, this field of stacked images. But that image never gets erased when the new image is placed on top of it. And so mm. um, when you have a trauma like in the womb with an umbilical cord wrapped around your neck, consciously you're not aware of it. But in that layers all the way down to the bottom, it's still there and it's still informing your behavior, which is why um, in magic, they talk a lot about shadow work and trying to get rid of these past things because that the past influences your future. May, I mean, your present, sorry, mainly because uh, the unconscious mind writes a program in response to the pro to the trauma. So let's mm -hmm. say the baby gets the umbilical cord wrapped around the neck the unconscious mind at that moment, just because of the understanding of what reality is, is very limited. So it might write a program that helps the being or the ego deal with the trauma in a way that doesn't destroy the ego. And that's good and because it's created out of love. But it's not good when that program remains active when you're like 30. You, if you're behaving, and that's this is the reason why some people uh, behave like toddlers when they're confronted with problems, because it's a program that's linked all the way back in the past that is manifesting because the brain is, an, is the great automator. Like your brain exists to automate your life so that it can just survive. There's so many millions of things happening that without these automated scripts, if you had to individually deal with all of these things, you'll never get anything done. And so the brain's pro what the brain likes to do is identify a pattern, pre-write a recorded script on how to respond and to similar situations, and then it sort of tests it. It's like, oh, well, this is like this, and so therefore this script works. And that's what I mean by automation. Like our autom automated processes are things that you don't even have to think about consciously. So if you have this trauma in the past, you're still shooting off all of these unconscious programs into your present. And you say, well, why can't I break through? Or why can't I do these type of things? And the reason is, is because you've got a program that's telling you you can't. You've got a threshold that's pulling you back. And so therefore, when you engage with this type of holotropic, this, and I can't really legally say holotropic because holotropic, and I have to put this out there for everybody, it's a specific technique Holotropic is like Wim Hof in that it is a trademark registered technique in, um, discovered by the Grofs, Stanley, Stanley Slav Grof, um, who's a clinical psychologist. He's got plenty of books. Highly recommend reading that stuff. But uh, what I do is transpersonal breathwork, which is the same pattern of breathing, but it's not holotropic because holotropic uh, and in essence has no guide. Like I guide people in the breath works, not to get to a point, but just to really like keep their conscious minds occupied so that the unconscious can manifest. But an holotropic, it's like, you got a sitter, you sit down, breathe and whatever happens, happens. Like it's no longer anybody else's problem. So, but anyway, that's just a little diversion so that you don't get sued. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, the, the reason is the people from the holotropic camp, they're, they're really cool. Like when I first started using that word, they reached out to me and they're like, just 
it's cool. Transpersonal is cool. Holistic. You can use all of these words, but specifically the word holotropic is a trademark. So mm -hmm. that's just not what I do. Um, okay. Anyway, point being, uh, when you go into these transpersonal breathwork sessions, those traumas can come out. And the reason why in holotropic they let people sit next to them is because if you re-experience the umbilical cord around your neck, uh, you might unconsciously take both of your hands and choke yourself mm -hmm. because you're feeling it. Maybe you're trying to rip it out or try to remove it, but you know, you're choking yourself and you're not consciously doing it. That's why you have a sitter that's next to you. And it's like, Hey, 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 don't kill yourself. Just breathe. Um, and so that, that's really that way. And, uh, mm -hmm. when you release that stuff and here's the beautiful thing, it's might be slightly painful going through those traumas again. But the difference mm -hmm. is you're no longer a baby. Yeah. You're an adult. And now with an adult that you can uh, reason and you can reassign meaning to the trauma, you can let it go. And then that automated script stops doing anything in your present. And then you free yourself. And you're like, oh, I've got this emotional bandwidth. I've got more emotional bandwidth to deal with my cur current problems because my past problems have been liberated and has freed some of that bandwidth. And so, um, yeah, man, the breath is, is your doctor. It is your psychiatrist. Um, it's your coach. It's your motivational friend that's standing in your side. Um, and I think if people just engage with it more, they'll realize that this is the primary medicine that we should be taking in society as whole. We should be teaching breath work to kids in school. We should be teaching yoga as well and meditation to kids in school. I think that would do wonders for empathy. And I think that would do wonders for like removing bullying. And, you know, I mean, if people have enough empathy, you can't really go and massacre other people if you love them. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that we're at this point where personally, I think we're at a point where we're going to have a massive spiritual awakening over the next coming years personally mm -hmm. that's just what i feel uh even though it seems the world is going to the opposite side but in reality i do think that we're coming to a point where um there's going to be a mass awakening and i think the breath and yoga and all of these sort of spiritual practices um are going to come make a ginormous comeback but they're going to they're going to shift like the science is going to get involved with mm -hmm. the spiritual and from there on out, who knows what's going to happen? Like, I, I don't know beyond that, but I do think that we're, we're reaching this point um, in time right now. So yeah, that's just my, that's just my personal thing. Don't, don't read too much into that. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I totally feel that. I feel like that's really been apparent kind of since 2020 and the lockdowns, like people really had the opportunity to go inward and, that's kind of when like my own spiritual journey really, really accelerated. Awesome. Yeah. Same, same with me. I guess I think we're all on the same path and I think there's a lot of people that's doing that. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. um, we were all heading into a certain direction and then everything came to a screeching halt and it's like, all mm -hmm. right, dude, who are you? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know where I want to go, but I don't know who I am. And I think mm. the lockdown was hard for a lot of us. Uh, 
but I think that those who responded to the call are going to be gleefully surprised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's really exciting to see where this direction can take us and like thinking about the ascension process and like new earth and all of these concepts. And, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting to feel into that on a collective level. Tell me a little bit about your quantum healing. I'm, I was very interested about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I actually recently spoke to, on this podcast to um, Kasha, who is a part of the Soulful Heart community, which is basically where I learned a lot about parts work and, you know, accessing your meta souls, like other yeah. lifetimes and working with your gatekeeper and the different parts of your soul, basically to facilitate a very similar process to what you're talking about with the breathwork sessions, like going back and re-experiencing these traumas or re-experiencing these patterns and communicating with them and, you know, really like healing them and bringing them back into your higher self and reintegrating all these parts. And, you know, doing that has really helped me just open up so much and, you know, start to offer that to other people and bridge that process along with like Reiki and tarot and different modalities to kind of just like meet people where they're at but That's for awesome. me personally, yeah, it, it's been like one of the most effective things that I've found for myself in terms of like shadow work and familiarizing yourself and releasing these old traumas that even come from other lifetimes. Yeah, that's that was, that's the most insane thing I think about at all. It's that yeah. some of your like I was just talking about the breath and current lifeline traumas, right? But some of the traumas, and this is something I actually read in uh, the holotropic mind from mm -hmm. Stan Stanley Strauss Groff. Because um, that's one thing. Like I'm obsessed. I'm a very obsessive person. So when I get into something, I get into it. Yeah, um, awesome. So which is good when I choose something that's healthy. I really get mm. into that healthy side. And if I start doing, that's why I like I really try to avoid politics because it eats my soul, um, yeah. and I don't like it. But um, in the holotropic mind, Stanley Strauss Groff. I'm just gonna call him Groff from now or Stan. Mm -hmm. I think he's. Eastern European, the guy. Um, but that dude uh, talks about this one lady who was in Australia. She was uh, part Aborigine. And uh, in one of her sessions, she traveled into a past life, but not even hers. She traveled into that. She saw these two kids. Basically, it was like, I don't know, in the wilderness-ish. And uh, she saw these kids being taken by these dudes on horse. Uh, on horseback, like mm -hmm. sort of colonizers, and they were Aborigines, and then the Aborigines were sent off. And there's a whole drama that happened with this visualization that she had. Turns out, though, that it wasn't a visualization, that she sort of projected herself back into her grandmother's um, mm. like timeline, and those kids were like, uh, her, uh, I'm sorry, her, her great grandmother and the kids were like her grandmother, and that actually happened. They were oh. taken by it. They were moved into a camp, uh, separated from it because when the British came in, they had all these like ideas that these Aborigines are just, um, you know, these native primitive people that need to be saved and blah blah blah. You know, good old colonial thinking. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the day, she went down this rabbit hole. And all of the, the, and this is where it gets a little bit dark, 
the raping and the beatings and all of these things that happened, she was able to understand that. And that translated into why she felt in a certain way that she never belonged and something. And eventually she was able to connect with her Aborigine uh, family after that session. And she didn't even know she had any of that connection prior to starting. And it just obviously it took months for her to get there. But um, the fact of the matter is it's that's the crazy thing. It's that a lot of your problems aren't necessarily from your timeline. It could be from somebody in the past. Oh, yeah, that's that's been huge. And like kind of understanding how that karma almost goes like back and forth since the beginning mm -hmm. of time. Yeah. It's like we've all been we've all played like every role, like even if one lifetime you were the victim and another lifetime you could have been the persecutor. So oh, yeah. it really gives you that like bigger context. Yeah. And it, it, it makes it hard to hate people. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, we are all assholes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all, and we're all saints at the same time. And there's this whole spectrum of humanity um, where we exist and uh, our past and our presence and all this stuff. Ultimately, if you go down like the rabbit hole, um, we are all the same thing, right? I, I, mm. I personally believe that we are all a singular consciousness that is expressing itself in multiple different ways. Like you and me, we're talking mm -hmm. to each other, but essentially we're talking to ourselves. Just yeah. your version of consciousness is now currently in a different configuration in this world. And that configuration will never repeat again, which is what makes your life so awesome because it's 100% unique in time and space. Um, and so we're talking about those past traumas, when you become aware of it, your job then is to integrate and not pass it forward to the next generations. Like oh, yeah. the, our soul evolution happens over lifetimes, not just and what we're happening right now. And so uh, mm -hmm. if anything happened to your current lifetime, we, we work on that first because it's the closest to us. But there will come a point where you're like, well, I feel kind of good here, but still something doesn't go through or, you know, there's this type of disease that's constantly manifesting in my parents I mean, in my family life or my genetical life um, that's where this transpersonal work this shadow work this past lives these parts and i'm actually only now getting into the parts which is kind of cool so i might i might um, mm. shoot some questions out to you as i cross this bridge uh in the future oh yeah anytime definitely definitely yeah, the way that you were saying, like, how reality is layered. It's so fascinating how the timelines overlap. Like, even in 2020, as we were experiencing, like, the echoes of collapse and, like, society collapsing, like, that triggered me to explore a past life in Atlanta. So that, like, came up out of nowhere. Oh, and, like, wow. the way that it kind of corresponds to these triggers in our external environment and then seeing, like, oh, it's generational and it's karmic and you know, it's from this lifetime and other lifetimes and communicating with those yeah. different parts. Yeah, no, it, it's, an, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, no, the real, the, the, the reality like that, uh, it gets crazy. And I think, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, what happens is that we subscribe to one model of reality. We say, mm -hmm. this is how it is. Like for instance, people that there are people that are just incredibly, rational minded and so for them their whole reason of existence becomes the scientific process right so if i can't prove it if it's not tangible it's not real or it's just projection and there is no value beyond what i cannot prove 
Um, mm. It's all just hocus pocus is what, what they eventually conclude. However, I think what we're starting to learn is that there's multiple models and there's multiple layers of reality on top of each other and that mm. the spiritual reality and the scientific reality and all of these different type of realities are actually stacked on top of each other and it's just a different perception of where you decide to look at. Now, if you want to be fully rational and critical and just think in this analytical way, you will eventually run into walls. You'll eventually mm -hmm. come to a point, you might be able to explain a whole lot, but eventually you'll be like, well, I don't know. There's just not enough information available. Um, and then when you reach those points, you should be able, at least malleable enough, to shift your mind. You shouldn't always be scientific. You should sometimes be able to be spiritual. You should sometimes be able to be creative. You should sometimes be able to be, um, you know, expressive or whatever it is. But you don't have to necessarily remain in one mode of engagement. And I think this next spiritual revolution will be that. I think the past dichotomous way of religion, you know, good versus mm -hmm. evil and that stuff is going to become less prevalent in these next coming years. And I think... Um, we're entering into an age where you get to decide what is your spirituality. You get to decide how to engage with life. And even though currently our analytical and scientific minds are dominating everything that we do, um, I think what's going to happen in the next few decades maybe is that we're going to have an injection of spirituality um, within the science which we can already start seeing with quantum physics and these type of things where they're like, okay, you know, this is like freaky physics. This is not mm -hmm. the normal physics. And I think once we can sort of consolidate those two elements, uh, the lost connection that we have with nature and the universe and reconnected with the analytical minds of science and, and, and the hard physical matter, that's when we're going to start seeing some amazing changes. And I think that's when we're going to start um, – probably start seeing some changes in in the way that we do governance and the way that we do commerce. Like you said, people's eating dead food, highly processed foods. Um, they're doing all of these things. And I think what happens is once we reconnect spirit into science, we will be able to have a far more, a far greater picture of what's happening. And then our decisions will be far more informed in accordance with our higher selves as opposed to our mundane uh, physical selves that only lives here for now. And uh, I think that's going to be an awesome time. I just don't know uh, if it's going to be an easy transition or if it's going to be a harder transition. Uh, time will have to tell on that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready. <laughs> it's like, it's funny how sometimes you can feel like you're already living that in your own way. And then the rest of the world is kind of doing its own thing and or collapsing. It's like we're seeing now like almost just like this utter collapse that has to come before we can actually rise again and come full circle and, and come into this new version of society and how we're living as a collective. And we have to have patience with that, of course. What you're saying there is 100% the only way to go forward. And this is when mm -hmm. I think if, if, if anything from our conversation, we can get this. And I, and, and I, like I said, I love talking about the breath, but I think the point that you just touched on right now is incredibly important. 
And that is, mm-hmm. it's strange how I can feel that I am already there, but the rest of the people aren't, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where we all need to do that on an individual scale. Like mm-hmm. you can't wait for the world to wake up. Uh, you can't wait for the world to become aware. You have to do it. It's your responsibility to chase your dreams. It's your responsibility to um, follow your spirit and whatever your calling is. It's your responsibility to tune into that and then to manifest that. Because once you manifest it, uh, you start influencing the people around you. And that's how we activate. That's how we change. Like people's always ask me, well, how, you know, the environment's so screwed and, you know, people are like so divided these days. Um, You know, people are doing things in Europe. People are doing things in China. People are blah, 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 blah. And they're just going crazy. It's the left versus the right. It's up versus down. All of this like division. And you say, well, what can I do? I'm an individual Mm -hmm. being. What can I do for this giant normal problem that's, greater than me. And the only thing that I have seen after years of trying so many different ways is raise your own vibration, elevate yourself. You are not responsible for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Like you don't, you are not here to save the starving children in Africa. It's nice. It's nice thought that you think, but that's not why you're here. You can't do thing. In fact, if we were to go back a hundred years, you wouldn't even have known that you know there were starving children in Africa because you didn't have the ability to see that far. But technology has given us sort of near godlike powers, where we're almost mm. um, uh, like omniscient, and we get to see what's happening in the Ukraine and in real time. You know, it's like oh my mm. god. And then what happens? Because you are internalizing the external world, the digital world also gets internalized and that creates chaos Mm -hmm. inside of us. You don't just see things on the outside. When you see things on the outside, that's light that comes into the brain. The brain reshapes and then projects an image and it has to literally create a copy of whatever is happening on the outside and then it exists on the inside. And so Mm -hmm. you don't deal with the external images ever. You're always only interacting with the internal mental images uh, that you keep on the inside. So when you're on social media and you're seeing all of this toxic crap just go in there, you're not just seeing it, but you're internalizing it. And then um, you, that, that becomes a part and that has an energetic pull. That's got an energetic vibration inside of you. And so if you focus on that, if you think, okay, man, I, I got to do something because we're running out of water or the, the you know, political blah, 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 or I got to go save those kids in Africa. All you're doing is you're just creating more anxiety and you're not solving anything. You could send $10, mm-hmm. but that's not going to end world poverty. It's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You know, it feels good for the moment, but then you're going to see some other kid that's going to be needing a sandwich and you're going to be like, oh man, I didn't do anything. Um, Mm. So, but how can you change the world? You change the world, not by changing the external world, but by changing the internal world. Like I'm sure that you for taking that opportunity in 2020 and saying, this is what I'm going to do now. This is who I am now. I'm sure you've impacted many more people than you can even imagine. And I'm sure there's many people that will listen to this podcast and to future podcasts that you do, that they'll be like, dude, thank God for her. She changed my life, you know? And that's how you do it. You don't you don't need to solve the external problems. You need to focus and manifest your abundance and take your tools 
and make it as more available to many people and influence um, life that way. And if enough people do that, there's none of those other things can exist. Like if enough conscious people exist on this planet, there won't be starving people. There won't be wars because you'd be like, no, we don't want, we don't participate in this. We choose. But right now there's a lot of people that stuck in this automated zone. And that's why becoming aware or awoken, I don't like the word woke because of all mm. of the political connotations, because the original word is to become aware or awaken. Um, mm. When you become awakened, it's very difficult to war with people. It's very difficult mm. to, to kill people because you become a conscious person. And if somebody else then acts, you sort of have a responsibility because you're aware of your actions. If somebody else acts in automation, you, I think there was something that on your Instagram that I loved. It was uh, when the world gives you like some, some crap, some energy, some angry stuff, but you are awake, awoken enough to know how to transmute the alchemy and then, you know, bring it out. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is, but on a mass scale. Like if everybody can do that and transform the negativity into positive positivity to take that all of the the things that they're trying to put onto you and you take it in switch it and then give love back that's how we change the whole world like and that's that's our responsibility everybody has that possibility to do that oh yeah and that's pure alchemy and that can happen through the breath work like i've literally felt it and seen it happen just like pure reconstruction of energy it's like you can take in the energy whatever it is negative anger pain and actually learn to transmute it and use it as fuel use it as creative energy it's amazing and you can that's how you heal that's how you heal the world and uh Mm -hmm. i think when people realize that and since i stopped trying to change the world because that's that's what we all Mm do when we're younger you know we get we become idealistic and we think, well, I got to do this and I got to save all. Uh, the older you get, the more you realize that you can't save anybody and you mm-hmm. can barely save yourself. So to <laughs> uh, think of the hubris that you can just go out there and save the world uh, for the vast majority of us, we don't have the power or anything like that. But what we do have is we have a whole bunch of darkness in our immediate circles. And so if you can just at the very least transmute that energy, and then wherever you walk, there is abundance. Wherever you walk, there's blessing. Wherever you walk, there's love. Uh, there's another thing I read, I think it was today or yesterday, where somebody said, if you go into a dark room, all it takes is a match to break the darkness. Mm-hmm. But it can't be the opposite isn't true. If the whole world is lit up, a single moment of darkness can't darken the room. It's impossible. So... If you want to do your part in the world, if you want to transmute the energies in your life, show kindness and love to those people around you and try to not get so involved with social media or at least at least start viewing social media for what it is, which is just entertainment. It's like you're just watching a movie and whatever you're seeing is really pseudo fiction. It's reality that's filtered through these millions of different perspectives, usually amplifying the the self and saying i'm so awesome look at me um and so get rid of those type of things start spending more time with yourself 
And then really ask yourself, what is it that you want to do in life? Like, are you happy? And it's happiness isn't the purpose of life. Like we don't, we don't want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. Happiness is the, the byproduct of being fulfilled. And to be fulfilled, you need to sort of discover the reason why you're here. Now you are a musician, you do the podcasting, you do all of these mm-hmm. things. And that's who you are. You've sort of reattached and you found, discovered an authentic part of who you are. And so I don't know about you, like in my case, I feel great when I do this type of stuff. Like it, it fuels me more. It brings me up and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And mm. I don't ask for money. I don't ask for anything. I, I mean, I do have products that I sell and I do that, but it's not the purpose. Like I only do that so that I give people the opportunity to, to help uh, advance the breath work. But I have a personal mission to get at least a billion breathers on this planet. That's my out of this world mission um, that is beyond who I am. And for me to achieve that, I need other people to help. But the idea is if we can have, currently there's 7 billion people in this planet. If one out of every seven people are awakened and aware of their consciousness, this world cannot be the same way that it is. Evil cannot exist with so much light. And so, um, yeah, that's that's my own personal out of this world mission that I have. Yes, I love that. That's that's incredible because yeah, it's like the the power of the the sheer power and energy of one awakened person or two coming together or three has the power to just ripple out this energy so far out into yes. into the world. And yeah, it's it's gaining momentum and there's going to be a tipping point. It is like, okay, I I believe you. I believe you're hitting the nail right on the head. I think we're all moving towards that. Like I said, I don't know what comes first, if it's going to be a violent clash or if people's just going to be like, Hey, how about we don't fight? Let's just be cool Mm -hmm. with each other. We're eventually going to get there. Um, According to the Hindus, we're in the age of Kali, uh, Mm. which is the last stage of humanity before Braham, Brahma, Brahma. I don't. I, I'm really bad at pronunciation. Mm-hmm. So if anybody gets offended by my pronunciation, forgive me. Um, <laughs> but basically, within the Hindu myth, uh, we all exist on the exhalation of uh, Brahma, Braham, mm-hmm. Braham. I don't. Uh, and when it reaches the end at the age of Kali, he's going to inhale again, <sighs> and then the whole universe collapses to be rebirthed into a new universe. And in every rebirth of a new universe, that's where the multiverses start uh, expanding from that. And what the cool thing about the Hindu myths is that that's, it's the only um, belief system, the ancient Vedic systems, that measures the universe in terms of trillions of years, which is pretty oh. crazy. Like before that, not even, not even modern science measures the universe in trillions of years. Um, but according to the ancient Vedic text, uh, the the full age of the universe before it like it wake from birth to death is about 333 trillion years um wow. and <laughs> right now according to where we're supposed to be there's still at least another 400 and something thousand years of of current humanity as is to go we're like 5000 years into that process um but yeah it's just, now is it true? Is it not true? Is it just a myth? Eh, that, that's irrelevant. The, I think the, the more important thing is to understand 
that, for example, what does it mean that the universe is oscillating between an inhale and an exhale? Uh, it means that everything is vibration. It means that mm. there's two poles that things always shift to and that rhythm is always moving forward and back. And uh, that all falls in line with like ancient hermetic texts as well, uh, which I think is, yeah, if you look at all of these old creation stories and creation myths, um, you could take it literally. Some people do. You could take it metaphorically. Some people do. Um, I think really what you got to do is see what resonates with you and then integrate that. And then if it helps you, cool. If it doesn't, if it detracts and if it catches you and puts you into a box, let it go. That's just the way that you go. And then, uh, you know, just enjoy life. Ultimately, we think about birth and death and we think about these things, but we have no control over that. So mm -hmm. if you just uh, accept that you are here now living, engaging, talking, experiencing, and realize that you are a unique manifestation of consciousness and time and space and that you will never be repeated again. Um, at least this ego version of you, the, the eternal being, well, that's not, that's always there. It's, it's always been there, but the ego version of yourself is a unique configuration of your consciousness. And so enjoy it. Like it's so, such a unique gift to be aware and to be alive. Just enjoy it. Just go with that. And uh, yeah, man. So that's, uh, I could talk about this for days, for days. So <laughs> You know. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> but, um, that yeah. was incredible. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'd love to have you on again sometime if you want to keep keep talking. Whenever about... you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I, awesome. I guess I, I love I love talking about this stuff. I love I'm actually thinking about uh, I did do a podcast a few years ago uh, called The uh, Road mm -hmm. to Artistry. It was just a seven episode uh, thing that I did while I was traveling. Um, I'm pretty sure after I move by the end of this year, I will do something because I do want to do something with the breath work uh, in terms of podcasting. But maybe, mm -hmm. but like I said, my, my main thing right now is the YouTube channel. It's where I'm focusing most of my attention on. And on the website, uh, you can check it out at pulmonautica.com. I'll, I'll give you all of the uh, information that you can post downstairs. I mean, downstairs, down mm -hmm. below the, <laughs> wherever the links are going to come out. Downstairs mm -hmm. in my mind. Um, but yeah, so I'll post all that stuff. Um, but in terms of podcasts, this is my next few months. Is I'm going to try to get on as many podcasts as possible. Like this is this is what mm -hmm. when you reached out to me, I was like, dude, oh, thank you, universe. Like this is serendipity, <laughs> and I'm just going to follow follow through. So I do want to thank you for that. I mm -hmm. really appreciate you having me on the podcast. And whenever you need to have somebody to talk to, uh, I can talk from music to philosophy, to whatever. I just love love exploring and learning with people. Yeah, I'm sure we have so much to cover. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And yeah, I, I followed, I've been following your your breath work for like a while and, and I was looking, I was just thinking about people to reach out to and I was like, huh, yeah, let's, you know, let's figure this out. Let's awesome. do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you did. Yeah, love the synchronicity of the universe. <laughs> oh, well, I think when, when people... Um, you know, when you, when you allow the universe to guide you and when you get into that flow, this is the type of stuff mm -hmm. that happens. And, uh, people's like, well, that's so woo woo. I was like, well, try it, try it first and then mm -hmm. say it's woo woo. Like, but honestly try it because I've, I've also had a lot of people that's like, I tried it for like a week and it didn't do anything <laughs> like, okay, well, 
that's not really how it works. It's more of a mental decision. It's more of a way of engaging with with um, which with your own life and uh, enjoying it. Like really, life is too short to be angry. Life is too short to be pissy. Uh, we mm-hmm. just gotta we just gotta embrace love. We gotta be together and help each other out as much as we can. Uh, I, I mess up a lot of times in my spiritual journeys and all the people that I, that get with me on, on my, um, I, I do zooms. I'm going to do a zoom after this, uh, with some people who's going to be breathing. Um, but everybody that I engage with, as long as we're open, we are helping and we're doing this exploration together, you realize that yes, it might not be easy to, to begin, but once you fully connect and once you stop trying to force life and just step into that flow serendipitous things happen all over and the universe smiles at you most of the time when we're in a in a bind with the universe is because we are incapable of being able to adapt to what it requires us to be and the universe will always require you to change into what you want to become uh which means that who you were has to die and mm-hmm. uh so that's a con- continual process. We're always living and dying. We're always becoming savvy to new ideas, and that ideas has a timeline. And at the end of the timeline, you either has to have to um, accept it or let it go. It's either going to be proven or it's going to be broken. And a lot of people they cling on to the broken parts. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm just not going to let go because this is making me feel safe. And then we can talk about that. This is a whole other part of the internal automation. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get open up that door yet because then we're going to get into that whole layered reality and oh, yeah. um, how do you change that? So we'll, we'll just keep it there. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do appreciate it. And whenever you want, call me up. I'm, I'm available, uh, definitely available. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Now, Jandre has been so kind as to offer a little five-minute guided breath work. So if you're driving or operating machinery or in any situation where you need to be lucid, obviously don't do this right now. But if you're able to, I really recommend just sitting or lying down and taking in this little five-minute breath work. In. out and in and just let it go very good deeply in expanding all the way and let it go excellent and in just slowly filling yourself up all the way Let it go, just so effortlessly relaxing and deeply in, just feeling that expansion from the bottom all the way to the top, and just let it go, relaxing deeper and deeper, keep on breathing like this. As you keep on breathing, simply focus in on the subtle energy in your body, 
feel how every inhalation and exhalation brings you closer to peace. Simply continue to make space. Simply continue to let go. Allow the relaxation to bubble up. To touch every aspect of your body and your mind. Just calming yourself down, slowing yourself down with the breath. Very good. I wonder if you can notice a difference between when you started and where you are right now in a deep, relaxed state. Excellent. Just keep on breathing. With every breath cycle making you more relaxed. Letting go of all of the stress and the tension in your body and in your mind. Very good. Just let it all go. In. Slowly filling up and just feeling that expansion go. Just relaxing completely. We're going to be speeding up the breath a little bit. So in, filling up the belly and then the chest all the way to the top. And let it go. Effortlessly relaxing. In, speeding it up just a little bit faster. And let it go emptying ourselves and in feeling the expanse let it go waking up a little bit more and in and let it go just emptying yourself completely right now let's go ahead and take one deep inhalation filling up the belly the chest all the way to the top. Let's just hold it there. Completely relaxed. Focusing on the tension and just relaxing it. Feeling the dizziness. Giving it its space. And let it go. Completely let it 
relax. I let go of the breath. Take a moment to just focus in on how you're feeling right now as we've concluded our five minutes of breathing. Thank you for participating. I really do hope that you found a profound effect from this short yet powerful breathwork meditation. Thank you. Until next time, keep on breathing. Wow, I don't know about you guys, but I am super relaxed after taking that in. So if you guys resonated with that breath work or resonated with this episode and you want to dive into finding more about Chandra and what he does, I definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. Also, he has so generously offered his incredible breathwork archives bundle of over 31 premium breathwork sessions and booklets, practices, 20 hours of breathwork meditations, different sequences and techniques and different soundscapes that are all available at a discounted rate of $99 when it's usually valued at $350. So please be sure to take advantage of this opportunity. It's helping support an amazing mission and also supporting this podcast. And this is a way of showing appreciation and helping out independent creators by offering his products through a revenue sharing dynamic for a limited time. So check out the link below to sign up. It's also going to be available and on my link tree through Instagram and be sure to follow my specific link. So you get to support me, you get to support him and you get an incredible product with an amazing discount, which is only going to be available for the next seven days. So take advantage of this limited time offer if you feel called to really dive into a transformative, visceral journey with breath work and you get to support both of us in the process, which is a huge help and we deeply, deeply appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your presence. I am wishing you all a beautiful morning, noon, night, wherever you are in this crazy world. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a rating or review with how this resonated. It really helps us get this mission and this message going so have a beautiful day i will see you soon much love speaking into existence and release your existence speaking